Hey, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Russ Rants Podcast. Seriously, I appreciate it. If you're wondering what this podcast is all about, really, it's, it's about you. It's for you. It's about having conversations with ordinary people and yet hearing their extraordinary stories. It's a platform that hopefully challenges you to challenge yourself to change and improve. Without further ado, here's the rant. Enjoy. Well, welcome everybody to the live, the live recording of the latest episode of the Russ Rants podcast. Now, I have been behind in my YouTube uploading, so if you're disappointed at not seeing my face, that's okay. It's fully warranted, but we are going to get back on track, and you can eventually see my new setup, which I'm very grateful for. I've got some lighting. It's not as echoey. Very grateful, but, 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 I just want to say, today's episode is long overdue and well-deserved to our beloved guest, because our special guest has been one of the first supporters and one of the best supporters of the Russ Rants podcast. He's always so encouraging. He always gives me so many exhortations. He's so nice. But I got this guy on the show today because he's a fireball. He's passionate. He's one of the hardest workers I've ever known. I would like to welcome to the show, longtime listener, first-time guest, Ajit. And how do I say your last name? Is it Omen? Omen? You know what? I was just having a conversation with someone about that. Uh, uh, I'm a mama, I am. <laughs> oh, Omen's fine. The way okay. you said it on your video with no shirt on. By the way, what did you not have a shirt on? <laughs> I was working out. <laughs> okay. Okay. okay, I got you. I, I was working out and I was like, oh, I just want to do my announcement. And I'm like, uh, should I put on a shirt? You know what? I got a towel. And it just made it so awkward. It, it really it made it a whole lot worse. You should just not have had a towel. I'm like, I'm going to keep rolling with it because it just was making me so self-conscious. And then by the time I'm halfway through, I'm like, I can't stop this train wreck. I'm just going to keep going with it. But Ajit Omen is on the show. Ajit. You're, you're not just a pilot, you're not just a dad, you're not just a husband, you're so much more, but can you, in a nutshell, tell everyone who you are, and then we're going to get into kind of the topic that you and I had discussed beforehand, if you don't mind. Yeah, awesome. I, I don't even know where to start. It's awkward to be to introduce yourself, because everyone sees you with different perspectives. True, uh, you, very you true. Just, they gave me three different perspectives, but basically, I'm a JIT. Russell and I met many, many years, moons ago. Many moons ago. And, many uh, moons. Oh, yes. Yeah, we've, we've been friends for a long time. Um, I live in Airdrie, and yes. I am a pilot. I work at WestJet, and yes. I'm happily married. I have a beautiful son, year and a half. Uh, yes. Two little puppies, Yorkies, and crazy, I man. have a lot on the go. Uh, You're a crazy I'm guy. Using 2020 to uh, hustle. We'll put it that way. Sure, absolutely. Um, and I, I was going to ask you here because w we had been talking back in the day uh, about something that we were passionate about, um, and it, the reason why I messaged you about some of this stuff, and I can't remember if you responded to something I had posted or if it was just a chat thing, but. We, we had actually first, you know what I realized, Jit? You were one of the last lunches I had casually with a friend before the pandemic struck. Oh, struggle. my goodness. You remember that? Well, I it was remember. It was, I think it was early March last year, and you and I actually connected oh and hung out. Goodness. And then after that, the whole thing hit the fan because yep. we were planning. I know it for sure, Ajit, because we were planning to hang out as families in April. Right. That's exactly you remember? it. We, yeah. we had made plans. We were like, we're going to hang out. And so, but the reason why... Somehow you and I had gotten to talk, and we'll we'll introduce it in a moment. Was because at that lunch, you and I both discussed how 
though we're different in, in obviously good different ways, we were very similar in our desire to improve, Absolutely. hustle, yep. grow, right? And that's, I think, when, you know, I don't know if I shot you the first comment or you shot it back to me, but how we noticed that in business, a lot of people, public figures, get a ton of hate. Yep. They also happen to own this streaming platform <laughs> that I'm on. Um, but it's it's not, it's misguided criticism depending on the angle you come at it from. And, you know, before we get there, I want to ask you this because I don't get a chance to interview you, my friend. I get a chance to, to you know, just hang out. Right. But where did your work ethic come from? Yes, you're a pilot. Very hardworking job. That's a lot of training. You obviously love it. But, I mean, I've seen you in other areas of your life where there's almost no halfway pause button in you. It's either you're hauling ass or you're able to rest yourself. But where did the hustle come from? Where did the desire and aggression to pursue come from? That's a great question. You know what? I'm going to take it back a few years uh, just to give you a little bit more perspective. The answer to your question is it's a negative source. It's actually a negative source that's propelling me. And I'll, I'll get to that right now. When, okay. I, when I was younger, my ultimate vision of what I wanted to do with my life is I wanted to be an astronaut. That's what I wanted to do. Oh, I frick. wanted to go to space. And I yeah. need to get there. So my that's a high bar. Yeah, it's a pretty high bar, but it, it didn't seem high at the time. It just seemed like that was my goal. So my okay. plan was to go into the Air Force in India. I grew up in India, for those that don't know me, and I moved uh, to Canada by myself when I was 17. So I'll get to that in a sec. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, you got to touch on that, man. Yeah, Absolutely. Right. So I wanted to go to space. I, I knew sort of a path that I want to take there, and that was that. Way too many people told me I was not smart enough to do it. That's the end of it. Okay. Mm. So I, what did I do as a young kid? All right. Well, if all these people that I count on, I lean on, that I do life with said, I will never do it. Well, I will never do it. So just be done with it. And I was like, well, maybe I'll just, you know, be an airline pilot or be a fighter pilot. So that was my, my pursuits. Way too many people. I'm saying near and dear. I don't care about friends and extended family. I'm talking about near and dear people. Said, nope, mm. you'll never really do it. You're not smart enough. That's the end of it. Done. And Over. did they say it that way, Jit? Or did they say it in a way, you know what I mean? Like I found that sometimes the most subtle, discouraging words do more damage than the upfront, abrupt ones. Like was it exactly worded that way? Or was it like the, I just don't think that's for you? So or it, it, you know? I think it just depends on the source. The people that okay. I didn't know as well were, I put it a little bit more gentler. And the people that I knew well literally just told it to me the way I'm telling it to you right now. Oh, snap. Right. I, I would have thought maybe the opposite, yeah. but okay. Right. That's and so, I, okay. again, this is just reality of how life went. Um, when I was uh, 14, turning 15, my dad got really, really sick. Actually, he got mm. sick when I was 13. And, and when I was 15, he passed away. Oh. And after that, he was one of the last people to tell me that. So that, that's kind of a, that was a hard hit home kind of Shoot. situation. Yeah. But again, yeah. reality, you can go back, you can change it. It is what it is. So music's always been a passion of mine. And I've been playing guitar since I was eight. I still play guitar, uh, not as passionately as I used to before. So I decided that I'm going to play music for a living. That's what I'm going to do because it's easy to do. I enjoy doing it. I heavy metal. That was my thing. This, this is a path. It's easy. No one's going to tell me I'm stupid enough to do it because I can prove them wrong. At the very same time, I had religious connections with the church. 
uh, good connections that basically told me, hey, whatever you do in life, it, it doesn't really matter in a good way as long as you're able to contribute to society and do something for other people. Okay. So that was a change in my mindset, and that started a different hustle. Then I decided, hey, I'm, at the age of 15, I left my parents' house, and I've been on my own since. You've been so you literally you were unsupervised. Correct. When you, what the? How did you get? How did that happen? Yeah. Sorry, we won't go into tangent too far, but like, so so when I was fifteen, like I said, uh, uh, fam families kind of broke up, split up. It's just the reality of how life went. I went to live with my brother for a couple of years. He was not always around, but he was kind of the caretaker. At seventeen, I mm. decided through a whole list of events that I do want to try pursue being a pilot. But I'm not going to do it for self-gain, self-interest. I want to learn to be a pilot to serve in third world communities and bring either medical supplies or food, uh, those kind of things. In. And it's called Mission Aviation for those who have never heard of it. Cool, so cool, cool. I found okay. a school in Canada. Near By the Calvary, way, chat, anyone can engage. You can, you can send messages to the guests, by the way. This type of flight training. So you get all your licenses and do everything just like everybody else does. But on top of that, you pay a whack ton of money to learn all this mm. extra stuff so, ah. so at the age of 17 i moved to canada by myself um went to the school they had room and board and all this kind of stuff uh, a christian school did three years of that and then that's when i w met my wife as well she went to that school she studied nursing so Frick. basically okay. one thing led to another and i decided to stay in in Canada and not even go overseas and do that type of flying. I needed the experience and I was too young, things like that. Um, worked at different jobs, got married to my wife, moved all across the country on different flying and non-flying positions, but in the aviation field Right. and still played music on the side, but mostly at church, not really too much outside. And yeah, it's been... It's been many, so, it's been many years, and now I'm in an Airdrie. <laughs> so this so this hustle though, you, and explain that. What is your definition? Because we we have that term thrown everywhere, right? I, I don't know if you're a big fan of Gary Vaynerchuk. He's hit or miss for oh, some people, absolutely. right? He calls himself the Belarusian hustler, right? Like the guy, right, right, you know, right, his right. his immigrant parents works their their asses off. He then took over, built it up to where it is. But he loves to hustle, right? He loves garage sailing, mm -hmm. right? But to you though, and to anyone out there listening, what is what is Ajit's definition of hustle? Just to know when you say that word moving forward, we, we kind of know where, where you're talking. Okay, uh, that's a good question. I'm going to split it up into two uh, phrases or two words. Number one, grit. Number two, determination. Hustle doesn't actually mean ripping people off. Hustle is a grit, in my opinion, grit and determination that you use to channel your drive, to channel your ambition in a positive way to achieve any goal that you have. Pure hard work. Correct. Kind of. Okay. Okay. So okay. when to answer your original question, that it's this negative mindset of, hey, you can do something, you can do something. And originally it was just trying to prove people wrong. But mm. now it's opened my eyes in a way saying, hey, it actually doesn't matter what anybody says at all. What do you really want to do and how can you impact humanity or society in any way, shape, or form? And then you pick a goal that you're actually passionate about. That's the most important part is passion. If you don't have that passion for whatever your goal is, 
you're you're never really going to enjoy it, and you won't really see true grit and determination. Let, let me put that in perspective. We were talking about university degrees, and we had a little mini chat about that a couple of weeks ago, right? Right. And yeah. in in sure that did. in that little example, which we can touch on after, if you are in school or if you're doing a job that you not completely passionate about, you still have to achieve targets, meet goals, do certain projects, right? You're supposed to do because you're getting paid to do it or you're going to school to do it. That's the whole point. You need to earn your degree or you need to earn a paycheck, right? Right. But if you're not truly passionate about what you do, you you won't really be able to give full grit and determination and ambition to that job. In fact, you won't be pushing your potential. So you put yourself in this box of sorts where you're just living life in limbo. And eventually what's going to happen, if you have a drive at all, if you have any sort of ambition, you're going to get to this point of time in your life where you're going to be like, oh crap, I'm past my point of no return. And I need to figure something else out because I know I'm better than this. I know I'm greater than this. I have way more talents. I can achieve lots of stuff, but I am stuck. I need help. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. So... With the emphasis of hustle, then let's let's kind of segue back a bit because I now would like to dive into the the main topic only because I think it will then parlay back into what we were we were we were discussing right now. Okay, right. What we had first broached or breached the subject of of entrepreneurship on billionaires, to be honest, mm-hmm. about rich wealthy moguls. And how right now they're often criticized because of, you know, who they are or they're spoiled or they're privileged Mm -hmm. or they're trying to bully people around. And there's a distinction I want to make it later on. But right now we were first discussing how a lot of entrepreneurs get crapped on, but yet we take for granted the amount of risk and workload they put on themselves to yes. Now they have an elevated position of luxury, Mm -hmm. but I would say it's Mm well-deserved. Um, and, and, and also security, Mm -hmm. but why do you think people like to criticize the wealthy? Why do you think that that's something that happens as often as it does? Here's my perspective. My perspective is one of three different ways. Number one, pure jealousy, jealousy in terms of the fact that the person criticizing knows that they are able and capable to do the exact same thing, if not more, but they didn't. For whatever reason, their choice or not their choice, they didn't. Number two, Hmm. you're the type of person that feels like this is way too overwhelming that they accomplished all this, and I can't believe they accomplished all this, so I don't like that. Number three is you have no mental connection between or or idea of the drive and the hard work and the sheer passion and pain a lot and lot a lot of pain in different forms for that person to get from nothing to a lot of something and because you can't draw those parallels they don't deserve it because you don't you don't know you don't see they don't deserve it. let me put this for example I worked many, many, many years ago with a few people at this firm when I was overseas. When I was 16, I got this job to help pay for my rent and things like that. And I worked with people there that I once in a while keep in touch with. 
Now, I've gone on to do different things, and it has, I'm, I'm seeing some of the reward for that right now, both financial and non-financial, we'll put it that way. Mm. Those people are in the bubble that they put themselves in. However, two points to keep in mind. Number one, those are some of the people that told me I'll never be able to do it. All of a sudden, they switch around and they say, oh, I always knew you could do it. You're so great. Mm. I'm so thankful mm. for you. I'm so glad I know you. Mm. Number two, and you can see the annoyance there. Mm-hmm. Number two, these people see kind of, or they can sense some of the financial, non-financial perks of hard work, and they don't like it. They're like, nope, you don't deserve it. They don't know me for matter, but that's that's where it is right now. Now, this is a very small, personal, terrible example, right? Because it's just me in my life. It sounds very selfish, very silly, you know, pointless. Let's put right. this in a real perspective of where our conversations start. We're talking about Jeff Bezos. We're talking about Elon yeah. Musk. These are people yeah. that, well, both of them, Elon kind of, Jeff for sure not, they, they weren't really born with a silver spoon in their hand, so to speak. Right. Elon had access to some resources, but he grew up in a, a weird family. They had weird family dynamics and in a third world country. So for him to be a citizen of three different countries right now and be the richest man alive from where he comes, it is sheer grit and determination. Oh, we'll get to that in a sec. Sure. Jeff Bezos, he had a dream of selling books, right? When he sold those books, if you look at the stories of him going to venture capitalists, going to potential investors, asking for any of that, even his friends and family, a lot of them would be like, man, you've been at it for years. I'm not talking about days or weeks and months. I'm talking about years. And he had almost nothing to show for it. Right. What did he do? He kept at it. And he met the right people. He surrounded himself with people that could motivate him and actually propel his idea. And one thing led to another. Now he's got Amazon, right? And that's the thing I want to point on is now that he has Amazon, now that they're both so rich, whoever's the richest has no bearing on my life because they're both ridiculously rich. And rich is not the point I'm getting at. Jeff Bezos has money, but what is he doing with his money? That's what I'm pointing at. Bill Gates has money. Bill and Melinda, what are they doing with their money? Elon's got money. What is he doing with his money? Right? So what kind of grinds my gears, this is a rant. I'm going to rant. We are on Russ Rants. I don't know if you know, (laughs) but it is called Russ Rants, and that doesn't necessarily mean me. Go for it. Absolutely. So, the floor is yours. So what, I was, what I'm trying to get at is these people, I, I don't know where exactly they came from, what the picture from their own eyes looked like at the time when they started their businesses. When Elon started PayPal or even prior from his previous software companies, I don't know what that even looks like, right? But right now, Elon's got a vision to make the earth as accessible and as equal as possible to people in any country, anywhere. And, right. yes, he's talking about interplanetary stuff with Mars, but let's focus on the stuff here on Earth. He's trying to get free electricity to entire North America. He has satellites in ready to go for free internet for all North America. He wants to go right through the world. CO2, the, the one of the most poisonous gases here, killing our environment. He's literally throwing out hundreds of millions of dollars, trying to find answers 
to capture CO2 and to reuse it. Right? So all these things are big, massive, huge goals that are way outside my comfort zone and also sure. not spectrum of knowledge, right? right? The space stuff I understand and I'm with, but the rest of it, I just don't get. It just, it just goes way beyond your understanding. But yeah. here's the key point. Did he have these type of dreams and visions and ambitions and goals in any form, whether it's a baby form or not, when he started PayPal? Of course he did. He knew what he wanted to do. I don't think he knew whether he was going to be able to do it. However, he knew what he wanted to do. And in his mind, if a little thing like PayPal was going to propel income his way to be able to sponsor his dreams, that's what he's going to do. And he push through whatever odds to slowly grow his net worth, to slowly grow his business, random businesses, not even tied to each other, to now get to a point where he can fund his dreams all to himself. Right? Right. So he's self he's self fueling his own desires exactly. now. He's self fueling his own vision now. Exactly. There is no bureaucracy with SpaceX. There is no they, they work with NASA, but they don't they're not tied to the government. They're not tied to anybody. They just get the best of the best and they say, Hey, this is a problem we're trying to solve make it happen and that's the end of it, right. right right so i we're going on a rabbit trail here but what i'm trying to say is these people have put in blood sweat and tears to get to where they are they have had way more people than i'll probably ever hear tell them they can't do it and they're right. doing it so now that they're doing it and they have done well and they deserve what they have i am no one and no one has that right to tell them they don't deserve it so comments like support local and uh, boycott Amazon. I'm not. I'm that, that was what it was. I yeah. was trying to remember. I'm like, I swear it was something that you and I both got a little passionate about. Sorry, I keep going. Absolutely. So yeah. like I said, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say support local, but I'll put it this way. If I go down the street to buy whatever from a local store. Loaf of bread. Loaf of bread. Uh, well, that might not be a great example, but I go down the street <laughs> to buy something. Now, that something from a local store is probably going to be a little bit pricier right? and a little bit more bougie, yep. put it that way, niche, Yep. Yep. than what I can get from a wholesaler. Right? That's right. Now, it could be good, it could be bad, but what I'm trying to say is if these businesses don't figure out how to run a business that's competitive to a business that already exists, should they even continue? Now, the reason I put it is this way. During the pandemic, the businesses that suffered the most are niche businesses. I'm not going to say mm. local businesses because a lot of local businesses have done well. A lot of niche businesses that offer a similar product than what you can get across the street for 1.5, 1.8 times the price, but not 1.5, 1.8 times the quality Value or any sort of value, and we'll get into right. intrinsic and human value in a bit, right? But right. It. Why would you pay for that? I mean, initially, it's novelty. If it's a friend of mine that owns a store or a relative, of course, I'm going to try to support them as much as I can. But in the back of my mind, what am I thinking? Oh crap! This still costs me more, and I kind of yes. wish I could go to another store, save myself some money, right? Fair. Well, I think that's what I was trying to get at. Is I'm not trying to bash on local business by any means, but what I'm trying to say is if you're going to do something, do it with all your heart and have some value to offer that doesn't exist elsewhere. 
Right. Right. And that's where you're going to find the business. That's where you're going to get the support. And when somebody finds a niche business or finds a new idea, like when Amazon started, like when PayPal started, like when Google started, like when Microsoft started, and the way they've gone is they started with these niche ideas and they've gone to become these big conglomerate companies. Right. It's not the inventor's fault for doing so well in his life. So let's stop punishing them for that. And I, I think that this is where we, we could go into many different directions, but I will direct you to what the next part was that a, a friend of mine had brought up. Okay. So the first half is, I, I agree. Uh, and again, we're not, we're not crapping on, on local. Absolutely. What not. we are yeah. saying is that the conglomerates you are now freely complaining about have actually helped contribute to the infrastructure you're enjoying to this day. Mm -hmm. You may not even buy from Amazon, yet the economy around you has maybe improved because of their jobs, mm -hmm. because of what they're doing, okay? But I digress. The point was that niche market, people that are trying to be entrepreneurial, good for you first off. Let's just acknowledge to anyone who's taken that shot, being self-employed, mm -hmm. that is a tremendous thing. You are the minority because most people are, it's not even that they're order takers, they just, they're, they're not, you know, they're not taking that shot. You've taken risk, yep. okay? But I do know, that, for example, uh, maybe you've heard this story. Um, Amazon, this is where I'm going to segue. Amazon, uh, on, on their website, uh, as a wholesaler and a hub, um, there was a tripod company mm -hmm. that sold several million dollars a year in their stock. Very cheap, but good quality tripods. Mm -hmm. Okay? Amazon uh, <laughs> banned them from the market, are indeed their product, and sold the exact same tripod the same year. Banned them from the portal. The next one, uh, I can't remember what book company it was. Was it a book company or yeah, it was something like that. They wanted to acquire a book company and the book company said no. Mm -hmm. And so what Amazon did is they sold the same product at a loss for two years, mm -hmm. driving the stock value down of this other company and then bought the company eventually. Mm -hmm. Okay. What this had done is this obviously sparks outrage because now what Amazon is doing is bullying the market mm -hmm. in certain places. Okay. My... It's not even an argument because we can dive into the next part, but business is an objective function. You can be really good at it. You can be really bad at it. But here's the tricky part about business as well. An immoral or what some people would say is an immoral business move is actually really savvy business, mm -hmm. right? It's ruthless because a, a business or, or the, the term or the concept of business is not morally yay or nay, it is a, it is a function to maneuver and manipulate. Mm -hmm. Okay. I could be really good at business and hated by everyone. Mm -hmm. They are separate. Okay. They're mutually exclusive, but people often then, uh, and I, I will say this, uh, you know, some people are very concerned about how, and I would like to hear your thoughts on it, how the big guys are censoring or filtering or bullying content, media, opinion, freedom of speech, Jack Dorsey, gets a lot of heat from Twitter, mm -hmm. right? There are some very questionable things that he does on his platform, mm -hmm. okay? Joe Rogan has confronted him about it, right? <laughs> we, we, and Elon Musk, you know, I haven't heard of the, of the main things, but I'm sure that there are competitors, there are competitors that have died. Why? Because Musk has economies of scale. Mm -hmm. Bezos is the, literally the, the epitome of economies of scale. Mm -hmm. You cannot bully him because he can literally acquire any market and beat you, okay? 
So now we drop into the second half where I, I, I second your thoughts where I'm not going to crap on someone who has earned power. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, whether you argue it's morally or immoral, Steve Jobs was one of the hardest, most ruthless people to work with. Mm-hmm. And yet he was a billionaire. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, 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 now, someone would argue, are they like, can you get to be a billionaire? And I did a podcast on this, right? Making a dent in the universe. Mm-hmm. Right? Can you can you be not an asshole and be a billionaire? I'm interested in that, but I, I mostly want to move next into the second half, which is, you know, what what are your thoughts on on the morality now of of business? Some people say that money, right? It it, it taints, it, it 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 stains you. It can magnify what truly was there to begin with. Or, per your Elon Musk example. Does it just give you more opportunities to flex things you never would have thought you could flex? So I, I just want to touch on that, take it there really quickly and see what your thoughts are regarding that concept. It's, it's a loaded concept, but I'm just interested to see where you want to go with it. All right. Where I want to go with that uh, to answer your question is the concept of the human value. You talked about value on either your stories or your podcast. I can't remember. I think it was a little mix of both on the very last one. However, Let's put human value this way for those that don't understand my perspective. This is my perspective. Sure. I fly right now. I'm a, I'm a regional pilot. I'm a captain and training pilot here uh, with Weshin on the regional side. I fly $45 million aircraft up to 80 people and crew anywhere in North America, really. Right. Human value is me telling you right now, officially, to record it forever, and I am just a glorified bus driver. Okay. Now, <laughs> the reason I'm telling you that, th- there's a point. There's a point I'm trying to make. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the point I'm trying to make is my human net value, I choose to not attach it to a title or a number. Okay. Now, it's really important to know that because anybody, intrinsically good, intrinsically bad, will never know. Anybody can accomplish anything. There is no bar. There is no limit. You want to do something, you're going to do it. It's funny. When the human mind gets trapped, the first thing it wants to do is gets free. So during this whole, uh, we'll call it the world financial crisis of 2020. Okay, Forget the pandemic. We'll call it the world financial crisis. Some people were really strapped for money. right? They either lost their jobs or they were doing school and you know they're restricted and they literally income was an issue but what did they do somehow right now we're all breathing air we're all living they're getting food to eat right so they're providing for themselves so right the point is somehow if you want to do something bad enough you're going to do it right if you if you want to become an astronaut you're going to become an astronaut if you want to become the most popular guitar player in the world, you will. If you want to start an aerospace company, you will. If you want to be the head of sales in whatever conglomerate there is in Calgary, you will. If that's what you want to do, you will. You figure out what education, what qualifications, what experience you need, and you'll go get it because that's what you want to do. However, at the end of it, when you have accomplished your goals, if you are a POS, you're still going to be a POS. Right, Because your intrinsic value of how you value yourself is tied to a title or a number on a paycheck, seven or eight figures, whatever it is, nine or ten, right? So mm. 
the point is for these people here, going back to your question, the whole point of integrity, the whole point of ethics and morality, it lies on the individual person. If they never were a moral person, they never had integrity to show to begin with, they will still become the richest man or second richest man in the world. They'll get there. But once they get there, their true colors will shine on a greater, broader scale. Right. So there's nothing you or I can say or do about that because that's the person's choice. They have a choice. It's free will. That's how life is. However, that's not what we were painting at originally. Yes, the morality and humanity behind it needs to be acknowledged because if bad people keep <laughs> becoming the most powerful and influential people in the world, well, there's nothing you or I can do about it. That's just the way life has happened, right? right. However, what can we do? We can choose ourselves to be moral, ethical people full of integrity and affect the circles around us because... Russ, even if you don't become a billionaire or I don't become a billionaire, someone we know could. Yes. And we could influence them, whether they have it or not already, to stay moral, to stay ethical when that time comes. So let's go back to the whole point of operations of big businesses. The, the catchphrase, it's just business. That's 100% true. However, when Microsoft was starting, when even when Apple was starting, they were getting kicked in the nutsack from IBM. IBM was crushing it. Intel was crushing it, right? And those big players were still around at the time. Right. Now when, I don't know, WhatsApp is doing well, what does Facebook do? Goes ahead and buys them. Instagram right. is doing well, what does Facebook do? Goes ahead and buys them. Right? So either the company gets crushed and destroyed or the company- Or acquired. Right, it's an M&A, right? So- the point is, you're 100% right, it's just business. However, with certain decisions, there's ethical and moral principles that come into play that are above your and my head or pay grade at this point, right? Or power of influence. However, I do think there's huge amounts of value in addressing it. Us talking about it right now could impact one of your listeners down the line who is going to do incredible, amazing things. When they mm. do accomplish those goals that they have set out and pursued, they got to keep in mind that they now hold the key or the infinity stones to do something good with their life. And if they don't, well, they lost their shot. Right? So it's at that point, they know now that there's a moral weight on them to be of influence and use that influence for good. And if they don't, it's on them. You and I will might cry and talk about our beers. However, it's not going to change the fact that we don't have that power influence. However, we should use the influence we have now in our circles to propel that. So is it like a social consciousness is the obligation we have, those who are not in the power? Because, for example, I'm going to bring up a hot-button topic, right, is this pandemic, mm -hmm. right? We've got people who are feeling oppressed, suppressed, and other people who feel like, oh, come on, guys. Like, this is killing people all over the place. This is deadly. And look, those are extremes. Yeah. I'm just playing the extreme game yeah. because, again, this is a this is a very complicated issue. <laughs> my my point with it, though, is, is the perspective of change, effect, and participation, right? Some people feel very happy to just go on social media, and depending on the random topic, will blurt out a non-contextual article, 
or or they'll throw out you know a, a meme or they'll rant about something which is fine i get it freedom of speech mm-hmm. right but is that equally healthy to what we're dialoguing about business is it is it a necessary evil is the social fabric and the social consciousness that we have to contribute to keep people accountable is there accountability that can be created by mass awareness whether filtered correctly or incorrectly i think it goes down to role models i'll put it that okay. way okay most people in society that i deal with have not had the privilege including myself of having great role models for the longevity of their childhood. I did for the first okay. half of my childhood. I didn't for the second half, right? Sure. You had, well, I've met your parents. They are absolutely phenomenally incredible, and I miss them. Just by the way, say hi to them. Fair, absolutely. Right? right? Absolutely. But most people either don't have parents or the parents they do have, they wish they didn't, right? That's just the reality of the life we live in. However, the issue that we're seeing right now with society, in my perspective, is these lack of role models, these lack of understanding, these lack of ethical and integral perspectives is making people, good people, spin out of their own heads, right? So these people are put in certain situations like the pandemic where they know they have to be supportive. They know they have it well compared to people in other countries. They know coming down to the whole liberal government throwing out money to everybody, good or bad, they know that they're somehow going to make ends meet. They know that they have, even if they don't have family that loves them, they have friends that love them, or they might have family that love them too, right? They know this. However, they might not have the internal perspective from when they were young to say, hey, you got to keep your focus up. Hey, it's going to be okay. Hey, let's support each other. Hey, that's probably not the most nicest way to address this perspective that you have on right. a comment, right? They don't have that. You and I have that in some way, shape, or form, right? So it is, you were correct, it is our social obligation to remind them of what they intrinsically already know, but validate that for, for them saying, hey, this is how life is right now. I understand your perspective, and there's nothing wrong with your perspective. You're 100% right. However, Going down that path of, or that frame of thinking doesn't help you in any way. Here's my frame of thinking for the same situation. I hope it helps in some way. These intrinsic ways of looking at hardships, at obstacles that come in your way outside of the pandemic will help you, propel you to crush through these walls and to actually achieve your goals. As soon as, it's so funny, as soon as you talk about an idea that you have, hey, I've always wanted to open a barbershop, right? I'm not talking about Lyndon right now. This is a, no, 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 this no, a no, random thing it. that came to my head just now, right? Yeah, hey, yeah I've always yeah. wanted to open a barbershop. You bring it up and your friend says, what? Ah, they're too expensive. Ah, it's so much work. Now nah, you're better off being an employee. What happens to your dream? It gets crushed. It's over. It's done. Because these are people that you value, that you have trust in your inner circle, I've told you either you can't do it or it's not worth doing. That could happen for two reasons. Number one, they're probably right. Or number two, they've had a similar ambition or goal that somebody else pushed down. And therefore, they feel it's their moral obligation to do the same thing to you, to save you from 
distress to save you from that pain and hardships of starting a profitable company. You get what I'm trying to say there? Yeah, I get it. So I get it. When it comes back down to moral obligation of business, moral obligation of what these owners of big businesses should do, it's up to them. However, if they choose and so choose to be ruthless and cutthroat in their business for the sake of propelling business to a certain extent, they're just going to do it if no one in their circle or in the frame of mind or upbringing, doesn't matter, influential people that have influence over them have not told them otherwise. So you and I currently don't have a circle of influence to talk to Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos to keep them on track. However, your listeners, you have control over that right now, today, whether through Twitch or through these podcasts. So it's your moral obligation and my moral obligation to tell people, hey, I don't have to teach you how to be moral and ethical. You have that within you. You have some kind of intrinsic good. The fact that you're listening to restaurants podcasts, it means that you want to hear a different perspective. Whether you agree with it or not, you're willing to listen. So why don't you listen to this? Hey, be a good person. Achieve your dreams. And when you achieve your dreams and goals, whatever that is. Stay gold. Right? Once you get there, then remember what we're talking about right now. But be a good person. Act with integrity and have good morals. So have we gone too far though with the leaders right now, Ajit? Like we, we like you said, Bezos, Branson, Musk. Um, you know, you you've got the big boys up there that have, you know, their hands in many baskets, right? They they've they've got multiple streams, they've got huge infrastructure. Is it is it too far gone for those? Like, are they an example though of unfortunately the untouchables? Again, because my my whole point now that we've segued over to it is is can change. Is it first off our responsibility as a society then to hold them accountable to something? Secondly, can we have that action? Do we have the power? Or is like you're saying, am I understanding it properly that it's it's kind of like a, a not a passive, but it's kind of a, a more organic social consciousness to hold each other accountable that haven't hit that upper echelon because they're too far gone. Unless you're in their inner circle and you're in their ear on some of these questionable things they're doing, nothing's changing. Right, but what you're saying is the next Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos could be amongst us, and to spread this awareness and to hold each other accountable to being a positive impact in society could alter the future. That is our responsibility. Is that kind of what you're saying? So your second point that you said is correct. Okay, your first point of the untouchables. I'm going to address that in a second. Sure, sure. For me, the more knowledge and awareness I have gotten on various topics of life, various either official educational topics or non-educational societal topics. Sure. I have been able to wrap my head around hard decisions that have been made by big companies and small companies alike or people with influence and people without influence alike based on perspective. Okay, I'll, I'll give you a real simple example. You go to work. There's this guy that's always rubbing you the wrong way, whoever that is. You know, you kind of smile cordially with them, but they're there and, you know, you guys are not besties, whatever. He says something rude to you. What's the first thing you're going to do? You're going to be like, ah, that POS. Whatever. <laughs> Brush it off. Right. Throw right, it right, my right. day. Try and find, a figure, find another way to have a better day. However, as soon as you get full 100% or almost 100% insider perspective of that person's life, you'll still be kind of hurt or kind of annoyed with the comment. However, 
you understand that perspective and you won't hold a grudge against them maybe and you won't hold on to it forever right so i'm going to take this and ex expand that thought these untouchable type people i truly believe that based on their level of expanded thinking and experiences in life that have got them from absolutely nothing to being untouchable we'll call it and generations after generations of right. families will be okay i trust that that experience has taught them to see to see things with different perspective and that's why i say yes these moral ethical uh there's nuances that that are placed on us that we need to call ourselves educators in a way to make sure that we are propelling people to do their very best in life at all times and go crush their goals and their dreams whether they make there or not it doesn't matter the fact that they're physically doing something a little bit outside their comfort zone to go in that direction is a huge thing for society it's huge increases productivity all around but as they get more and more perspective we can count on the fact that that perspective will open their eyes will open their mental dimensions to make better choices i'll put this in a final example the same thing sure. right now i'm halfway through a master's in business and mba and i'm mm -hmm. just finished up a, um, a business certificate from harvard right so congratulations yeah. so just prior to that before i started any of the school i would look at decisions my own company is making at west End. And man, oh man, would I wag a finger at them and be like, I can't believe you're doing this. This is unethical. This is immoral. This is just plain dumb, rude, just horrible. Until I started studying business. Until I started being mm. mentored by some of these key people that run the earth. Very interesting. And as soon as I did, as soon as I got fully connected, which I am right now, with the internal workings of the company in many, many different facets, all of this made sense. In fact... When they ask me for decision-making processes right now and my input on it, I just say, this is what the business needs. And then a little while later into that conversation, one of the persons I'm talking to, he used to run the company, he doesn't anymore. He told me, hey, uh, they call me AJ, by the way. Hey, AJ, nice. you realize that this decision is going to get you laid off. Hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I don't even care. That's what the business needs. That's the end of it. Until I came home and saw my wife and my family, I'm like, oh, God, what have I said? What have I said? Well, I get it. Sure. Right? Yeah, of course. Of course. Perspective. So that's what I'm trying to say is when these elite or these untouchables get to that point, we have to stop thinking that all they know is what I know. Right. And they perspective. Perspective. They have different perspective. They have different insight. They have different understandings. Last example on this, Government of Canada. I'm not a liberal, I'll <laughs> put it that way. However, I think about the choices that they have to make every day. And I don't think I'd be able to sleep at night if I don't envy them. If that was my job description. Exactly. Okay? It doesn't no. matter whether they're making good choices or bad choices, everyone's gonna have a perspective. But it's as soon as there's a little bit of an educational piece, as soon as their mental environment expands, all of a sudden they're like, Yeah, this uh uh, I get it now. I understand why this happened and why it needed to happen. Yes, at the cost of a lot of livelihoods, a cost of a lot of lives, a lot of key decisions that could have helped other people, whatever the greater good is in that person's mind, 
we have to trust that they make that great a good decision. And going back to my original point, we have right now, each one of us, and everyone's listening, we have that, I can't think of the word right now. D duty? Duty. Oh, duty is sure. the word. To make sure that people around us that we know are going to do well, whether or not they do well, it doesn't matter, to tell them, hey, when you're in these perspectives and positions of power and influence and responsibility, I'm trusting you to make the right call. That's where the good people, bad people comes into play, right? Anybody can be painted good. Anybody can be painted bad. However, as long as we trust them to make whatever they decision they feel they need to make for the greater good, they will make it happen, right. even if it's to the detriment of us. It's perspective. Yeah. And I think you, you kind of rounded it out, Ajit, because we're, we unfortunately, this, this, this happens every time I have a fantastic <laughs> guest. Time goes too fast. And I, I don't have enough time. Otherwise, we could go into eight different segues right. after that. But but I do want to invite you to do a closing. Just what what my synopsis is from this, because this is obviously that we could do a, an eight-part series on this, okay? But I think you hit kind of the main point that I've come to in the end, right? Especially about the pandemic, about business, about hard decisions. It's about perspective. Really, it's about empathy. I'm actually teaching my kids right now about empathy. Mm -hmm. uh, Daniel Tiger that's a go-to for us for sure. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. one of our favorite episodes is how they explain to the kids, empathy is the ability to understand someone else's point of view, Ooh, yeah, someone else's yeah. emotion, mm -hmm. someone else's. So we're, we're trying to harp on that on Titus and Effie. They're both very driven boys. We got Kezi who's two years old. Mm -hmm. She's more of a juggernaut <laughs> gong show right now. So the empathy will come later, right. but to, to Titus, um, you know, he'll do something, maybe take a book from Effie or, or scribble on something that Effie worked very hard to paint or color or vice versa, Effie does something. We always try to ask the question, hey, Effie, what did you just do? What did you just do? Mm -hmm. Well, I did this. Why? Well, because I wanted it. How do you think that made Titus feel? Mm -hmm. It's that third statement that they're like, oh, like the two first answers are so immediate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then that third one, they're like, uh, maybe not good. Well, what do you mean not good? Well, I guess like if it was my painting, I'd, I'd feel pretty bummed that he drew on it. Ah, you shouldn't have done that. Right. right? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's like that one, two, three, like one, I'm outraged mm -hmm. at business mm -hmm. or the pandemic mm -hmm. Two, Um, you know, that, that hurt me mm -hmm. personally. This is affecting me personally. Three, what does it feel like to be in power? Having to try to lead a nation. Mm -hmm. Are you going to F it up? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you are, you are, but your name's on that right. declaration. Your name's on that statement. So as much as I, I, I like poking holes in government policy and pointing out hypocrisy as much as anyone, I'm fine with that. I get it. And like you said before, that is fine. That is still healthy to have these discussions, this dialogue, to build that awareness, to build some accountability. Okay? That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is you're not in the chair. Mm -hmm. So what can you do about it? You can, you've already kind of addressed it. You can discuss it amongst your circles, mm -hmm. critical thinking. Mm -hmm. You can try using your own authority, your own drive, your own hustle to make a difference in what you can. Mm -hmm. If Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or Bill Gates or anyone else had thought, you know what, I just am going to leave that to someone else or I'm not going to try or the operating costs are too high, we, they wouldn't be there. Mm -hmm. You can't reap the rewards without the shot, mm -hmm. okay? But that's, but that's where I'm at right now is what I'm seeing a lot of is a lot of finger uh, finger pointing, <laughs> finger pointing, finger pointing. We're saying that guy 
is ruining society. Could very well be. You're not there though. Mm-hmm. You, you're not being told things they're being told. You're not seeing things they're seeing. When it's mer- morally wrong, could very well be. Or, and I'm not saying this is with everything, by the way. This is just a, an overarching synopsis. But it could very well be, but maybe from their seat, it's not as black and white as you see it. Mm-hmm. Okay? So I, I just want to give you final thoughts to, to the Russ Rants listeners, to those on, on the Twitch stream. Thank you, anyone who's hanging out as well. But what, what are final thoughts on this? Because unfortunately, I've given you no room to really do a full conclusion. But I do want to welcome, I try to welcome every guest to do either a last exhortation challenge encouragement whatever what are some final thoughts to anyone who's going to be listening to this podcast all right i'm going to do final thoughts in three mini points i promise i won't go sure, on man. a huge time yeah, yeah. sermon sure. number one when you are sitting on your computer or your cell phone most probably your cell phone and looking at things on social media whether it be outbursts to the government outbursts to major conglomerates of whatever they're doing understand that you do not have that perspective. And even if you do somehow have run a conglomerate in the past or have run government in the past, you are not doing it right now, right? Right. So yes, right. you have a say, but no, it doesn't change the fact that they still have to make the choice themselves and they're totally accountable and liable for it. So it's difficult, it's hard. Empathy, empathize with them, number one. Number two, when it comes to big businesses, small businesses, none of that is what Russell and I were addressing. What we're addressing is don't blame or find fault with someone for achieving their dreams and goals. Hmm. And on the flip side, as soon as someone achieves their dreams and goals, don't say, pat them on the back and say, yeah, I knew you could do it all along. When you did not say that, when it all began. Right. Right. Be accountable for who you are, what you've done, because that's who Hmm. you are and what you've done. Hmm. Number three, be the very best, truest form of yourself and do not limit your potential. Because as soon as you limit your potential, you reduce your own personal productivity and you're putting yourself in a box. Anytime you think of an idea that you wanted to do or a job you wanted to do or some physical task you want to do or education, doesn't matter what it is. Literally, the only thing stopping you is you. I grew up in a third world country in a small village. I didn't have a whole lot growing up around me. Not that I couldn't, but my parents decided to continue to be missionary doctors, so they gave away everything they had. So I didn't grow up with a whole lot. And the fact that I know I've put myself in a position right now and I will continue to put myself in a position of influence and power is, first of all, not a testament to me as a person. A lot of people look at me, my wife as well. She's the most amazing supportive person I know. However, a lot of times she looks at me, oh, it's just because it's you. You're so motivated. You're so driven. No, 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 no. Everyone, everyone can be motivated and driven, but they aren't because they haven't found their passion. As soon hmm. as you find your passion, you with the restaurants podcast, how many times have you stayed up late doing this podcast? How many times mm-hmm. have you research things and you know put away effie and to to do stuff on the computer like you are sacrificing your own personal bubble to make this passion happen Hmm. we are all capable of doing it if it's not your passion if it's not your calling most of the time you're not really going to enjoy doing it you're just going to do it because you have to do it 
But even right. if it's your passion or calling or it's things that you passionately want to do, all of a sudden, whether it's good days or bad days, some days you just don't want to do it. However, for the majority of the time, you will be, hey, this is what I really love doing. And thankfully, I feel that when I'm in the flight deck, when I'm sitting there in cruise and chilling around, looking at either Canada or the U.S., I'm at peace. I'm just like, this is the easiest, most fun job in the world. However, is there hard times? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Right? So that's yeah, kind of yeah. what I'm getting at. Don't limit yourself. And if you feel limited, it's because you're, you put yourself in a bubble that you probably don't want to be in. The only one that can fix that is you. Well, for frick's sakes, I'd say that's a pretty good salutation there, Ajit. Jeez. That was marvelous. So I'm just going to say this to everyone. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Restaurants Podcast. I am always, I, I just am so giddy, and I find it so humorous when I'm like, okay, I'm going to try my best. I want to keep my guests free roam. I want to give them the floor. And then a blink goes by, and I'm like, oh, crap. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for sticking with yes. us. So you've been listening to the Restaurants Podcast. I do stream twice a week, Wednesdays, 8 to 10 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, same on Sundays. On Wednesdays, we are experimenting with a live recording of the Restaurants Podcast. That's what's happening right now. I'm very blessed to have my friend Ajit for the first experimental episode. Ajit, you've been a delight. Obviously, like I said, long overdue. <laughs> and you came packing with the goods. So seriously, thank you to everyone who listens and supports Restaurants. You can always find me on Instagram on Restaurants. Hey, if you want to find Ajit, Ajit, if you want more people to invade your social media, it's up to you if you want to give them your handle or not. But if you do, what's your handle? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, Instagram's a good way to go. Um, Instagram is just aj.umen. That's two O's, two M's, E-N. However, just go into Russ's page and type in AJ and I'll pop up because the last Freaking thing is a little bit annoying. <laughs> Freaking rights. Nope, that's totally fine. So I love you all, fam. Russ Rants fam. Keep kicking ass. Thank you so much for listening to the Russ Rants podcast. And we will catch you next time. Have a great week. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Restaurants Podcast. Feel free to like and subscribe to support. I love hearing from you, so make sure you send me any feedback and show ideas at russrantsreal at gmail.com. You can find me at Twitter at russrants1 and Instagram at russrants. Thanks so much, and I hope to see you next time. Seriously, take care. Bye-bye.